You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. If I look across the board as a whole at different organizations, if there's not something in place that's propelling the next, the next generation forward, then I have to begin to question their motives. Most of the time they're calling, calling me and encouraging me, but there is the vice versa, where as a son, I'm calling them and pushing their envelope to do something greater than they have done before. I want you to walk away from our relationship or from our conversation feeling empowered and feeling powerful. My, my job as a father in, in your life, at my role, if you will, isn't just to tell you right from wrong, it's to encourage you to do things differently than you've been used to doing. face it's there it's there <laughs> i wanted to have you on and kind of talk about fathers and sons i know that's something you and i have had many conversations about kingdom fathers yeah. i've kind of shared with you how i feel like this generation kind of missed out on real spiritual fathers that i kind of feel like there was a generation like the kenneth hagan generation you know everybody talks about papa hagan and i feel like he ministered to a generation that kind of dropped the ball a little bit yeah. Maybe I don't know if that's fair to say, but I feel like I feel like it's a thing just because there's so many guys in my generation that I believe are just very fatherless and have, have walked around with this calling on their lives and really had nobody pouring into them, you know, speaking into it. Yeah. What do yeah. you feel about that? Is that am I on the am I on the right page with that, you think or not? I 100 percent would say that's that's true in many aspects. Um. Is there pockets of people that are, are, you know, spiritual fathers out there? For sure. 100. Yeah. Um, you got to remember our generation, Generation X was really uh, a real fatherless generation as a whole. Um, I don't know if it's really transitioned as much into the millennials like it did with Gen X's. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you even fall into that particular category. Um, but every Gen X person that I know of, almost without exception, is fatherless. We have a, a real fatherless culture. Yeah. As a whole, America as a whole is a fatherless culture. We've, we've done a very good job at, at neglecting that um, as a culture. I know that sound. I know I've repeated that word like three times, but no, that's, true. that's a true statement yeah. across the board. And, and I don't I don't mean to put a dig on any father out there. If you're a father and you ha and you're doing a great job, I, I commend you. My hat's off to you. Literally, yeah. um, there's there's just not a lot of that in our society as a whole. Uh, I believe that the transition's already started and you can see that. It's beginning to take place. Um, I can't remember exactly where the verse is at, but it, it's, it actually says you have many teachers, but not many fathers. Yes. And, and we, as the body of Christ as a whole, we actually struggle in that area. We look to, we look to a lot of gifted pastors, a lot of gifted leaders, gifted orators, speakers. Um, e even in the prophetic movement in the early days, there was a lot of, you know, not to point out names because I'm not interested in that, but there was a lot of people that just didn't learn to pass the baton. Yeah, that's good. They didn't learn to raise up the, the next generation and really pour into them. And so what we've done is that's that's not just trickled through in our culture as a whole, but also in our society, you know, across the board. You can look at, I mean, look at most people groups as a whole, subculturally, even um, um, culturally related, uh, where you're from, 
the, the Hispanic culture, the Latin culture is huge on family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're huge on family. They're huge on, on even if you're not family, becoming a part of their family. And I don't, I'm using that people group as a, as an example because For sure. I've yeah. always admired that people group, that that culture. They're they're so big on family. Um, one of the things that I you hear me talk about a lot, Darren, is I, I'm always telling you I'm more interested in family rather than in ministry. I could care less about the ministry. If we yeah. connect as a family at personal level, the ministry is going to happen naturally as a part of who we are. But if we will learn to connect as people instead of just trying to connect for a ministry purpose, we'll be in a much better place. So how do you feel like that has, man, I'm not interested in naming names either, but I think it's, it's okay to be real with it. Like if it's a, if it's a real issue, you know, these, these, these ministers and these pastors and these preachers raising up without fathers, if that's a real issue, how has that affected the church? That's a good question, Darren, because Again, we can go back to, I, I know some gifted pastors and leaders that have actually purposed in their heart to raise up sons and daughters in the kingdom. Um, and you can watch their ministries grow and develop, and they, they will carry on even when they're not there. There's your answer. Yeah. You, you remember, remember the passage that says, um, a, a righteous man stores up an inheritance for his children's children. Yeah, that's good. And so that that verse really hit my heart about, I don't know. You'll hear me talk. You hear me talk a lot about one of my spiritual dads. His name was Bill. I called him Papa Bill. And he's really the one that instilled that in my heart, really began to stir that in my heart almost 20 years ago. And if it wasn't for him putting that in my heart to begin to understand and he not just talk about it, but he actually displayed it on a regular basis. He was constantly showing that to me, not not just talking about it, but he would actually put that on display with me with his son, Caleb, who my son, Caleb, is named after and Karen was the same way. Karen and Bill were my spiritual mom and dad. I still talk to Karen like at least once or twice a, a month, if not more. Um, without them constantly displaying that to me, I would have never known how to trans, you know, to 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 process it across even to you, like and to Scott and to the other guys I work with. I, you know, I can't speak for every denomination or culture or every people group or or, or any of that. What I can say is. If I look across the board as a whole at different organizations, if there's not something in place that's propelling the next the next generation forward, then I have to begin to question their motives. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Jesus was constant. He's our he's our model, and Jesus was constantly displaying. You know, he he took a group of twelve young men and he he raised them up to become like him. What was he doing? He was releasing culture to them, releasing. Reality of heaven. We talk, Bill, Bill, I love that Bill coined that. He, Bill Johnson, just so everybody understands. I love that he, he that even if you look at Bethel as a whole, they're constantly looking for how they can put the next generation up for up for advancement and, and up for uh, success. I don't know if the church at large has done that. I, I believe we're, we've been self-absorbed. It's all about my ministry, all about my this, my that. And, and you know, a, a good father is looking to how he can advance his kids. Does that make sense? I don't it know does. Answers, but. No, it does. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like it's so easy these days for people that haven't really experienced real spiritual fathers. They'll point to anything and say that that's their father. Like I remember when I first heard Dan Moeller in his message and it, that's what kind of woke up my spirit. There was a time when I was kind of, I would, I would talk about him as if he was my spiritual father in a way, you know, like he kind of fathered me, but there was no relationship whatsoever. And right. so that's what I feel like is missing is like 
what you what you talk about all the time is the relationship part of it. So how important is that for, I guess, for us to just distinguish between like, is there a difference between mentorship and fathership? 100%. That's, that is a great, great, great question. Explain, explain the difference. So I'm going to step away from my shop. They're making a lot of noise. The, uh, if you hear all that noise in the background, I own a repair shop and it, it gets a little noisy from time to time. We build custom hot rods and C10s and blah, 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 blah. Um, let me jump on my truck. It's a little bit quieter. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the question you asked again was, what's the difference between a mentor and a father? Yes. Um, if I were to put terminology to it, which I do quite often. A, a mentor is someone that's teaching something as a whole for a, like a great example is I, if I want to learn how to build a truck in my atmosphere, I invite the guy to come in. He begins to learn the process by which we build a vehicle. Um, is it a life altering event? 100%. He's going to be able to do something with it for the rest of his life. Uh, but it's, it's usually just a training ground, a period where you're learning a piece of information, et cetera, et cetera. A father is someone that walks in you in relationship for the rest of your life. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah. That's real good. Um, a, a father is also not just there to teach you one thing. He's there to, he's there to walk with you through every part of your life. A mentorship is where you're learning a skill set, learning something along those lines. But a father is someone that's just really looking to release his life into you, pour his life into you give you the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. And, and even when it sucks, he's still standing next to you. Right? And that's probably a horrible way to say it, but no, even when the, the, the junk hits the fan, if you were to say, even when that happens, you're still standing with them and vice versa. You as a son, uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to spiritual dads that I, that I have in my life and they're telling me the things that are going on in their life. And as their son, I, I want to tell them, Hey man, you're a great dad. And thank you so much for spending time with me. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, and, most of the spiritual fathers in my life that I have, I have three right now. And, and for Father's Day yesterday on Sunday, I called them and I, I told them, man, happy Father's Day, man. I love you so much. That's beautiful. One of them doesn't even have, That's awesome. One of them doesn't even have, I'm his only, I'm like one of his spiritual sons. And I was able to call him and say, thank you. Um, and that relationship is, is again, we, we have this back and forth. You know, there's most of the time they're calling, calling me and encouraging me, but there is the vice versa. Whereas a son, I'm calling them and pushing their envelope to do something greater than they have done before. Does that? I don't know if this wow. is any of this sense. No, that's good. Cause we're, cause we're going to get into the aspect of being a son too, because I've heard you talk about that as well, that in order for you to be a real spiritual father, you had to first learn how to be a son. Right. That's and that's right. not, and that's not just about being a son to the King, which we understand that it's also learning how to honor men. Right. Right. That's what is it. So what, what does that look like in your life? Like what, what shifted in you to make, made you realize that, something was needed on your end of this father son relationship that kind of opens up a big can of worms i'll do my best not to uh uh go down too long of a rabbit trail but to give you a little background um and again not to dis dishonor my my family my parents none of that i met my dad when i was 28 years old um my mother long story short she had an affair on her husband and i was born out of that affair Right. Uh, I was named after my sister's father, who actually I grew up believing was my father. Um, and my real dad knew that I existed and he was best friends with my sister's father. So there's a, there's a Jerry Springer episode for you. you However, <laughs> when I, my mother had been married five times, um, she's been through like every relationship you can put under the sun. And when I married my wife, when I was 29, I get 28, 29, 15, 14 years ago, this October, 
We've been together 16 years this October. Um, when we got married, or this September, sorry. When we got married, I told her on our in our wedding vows, I said, look, I'm about to be a husband. I'm already a father. I had a two-year-old daughter, and I don't even know how to be a son. Wow. I need a lot of grace because I never learned that. I was homeless at the age of, at the age of 13. My mother moved out, moved out and left me um, the first time, and she did that repeatedly throughout my life. And again, no discredit to her. I love her. I bless her. She's amazing. She did the best she could with what she had and didn't understand the, the things that she was in. So back to the question, how do you honor a father? Well, for me, I recognized that there was men that were pouring into me. Bill's a great example. I ran from Bill for years. I mean, years. And I would, he, I remember he used to read my thoughts and he had finished my sentences all the time, like right in the mid thought. And, <laughs> and it used to really confuse me because I thought I was the only one like that. I would hear other people's thoughts and I thought something was wrong with me. But Bill, Bill would actually translate it to me and, and, and he would make this statement to me all the time. It was that old Popeye statement. He'd say, I am that I am. And that's all that I am. And then he would laugh at me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand this guy to save my life. I used a lot of more colorful language back then. And he would repeat <laughs> my colorful language and my thoughts to me. But I remembered the, the moment that it hit me, Bill, it, it was when my daughter, I think she was three or two. And Bill made this statement to me about Caleb. Caleb, Caleb was his son. And we were struggling. I was struggling in something with my daughter. And Bill goes, Bill goes, Lee, it's not my job to hear God for Caleb. That was his son. My son's name's Caleb now, but his son's name's Caleb. And Caleb and I were connected at the hips. And he goes, Bill goes, it's not my job to hear Caleb, hear, the, hear God for Caleb. And I go, I don't get it. He goes, well, you think it's your job to hear the Lord for Natalie. So you can tell her what to do when she grows up. And I was like, okay. And he goes, but my, my only job is to provide the atmosphere in my home so Caleb can hear God for himself. So good. And it hit my heart like a ton of bricks that I'd been working so hard to hear the Lord for my daughter and even now for my son, my son, Caleb, that I had, I had worked myself into this frenzy trying to hear the Lord for somebody that it wasn't my job to hear the Lord for. Yeah, It is my job to hear the Lord for them to help steward and guide what he's put on their hearts or on their lives. But it's not my job to respond to God for them. Yeah, that's good. My job to provide the atmosphere so they can hear the Lord for themselves. Same thing goes for my wife. It's not my job to be the Holy Spirit for her. It's just yeah. not. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So it's good. I guess, I guess the, the, the turning point was when he said that to Caleb and that was 20, no, that was 17 years ago, 18 years ago in August. Yeah. 17 years ago when he made that statement to me and it's forever impacted my heart. And I was like, man, I, I've been really striving to be a good son and to hear the Lord for my daughter. And all I really need to do is hear the Lord for myself and provide an atmosphere for them to hear the Lord for themselves. All the rest That's of the world so good. So let's talk about the atmosphere then. Because okay. I think it makes sense for most people that are listening to this, how a natural father should create an atmosphere in his home for his natural son or daughter. Right. Let's talk about, so like the only example I have, bro, in my personal life of a father relationship is the one that I've got with you. Like that's the only example that I have to go off of. And for okay. me- for me, it's precious. For me, it makes sense. But I want to like explain. So talk about creating the atmosphere. When you and I first met, let's just talk about some practicality stuff. What's okay. something practically, did you feel like there was a, um, did you feel led, I guess, to go up to, uh, to me, a, a kid, a dude, and pour into me? Did you feel led to do that? Was that a leading that you felt? 
or is that just who you were and whoever was going to be in your path was going to get it? So that's a good question because there is twofold there. Um, my real heart in any situation. So here, let's, let's use this example. This is a great example. Um, I also coach boys baseball. And when I bring those boys on the field, my responsibility isn't just to, isn't just to coach them in baseball. It's actually to, to be a dad to them. Right. So look at every circumstance in life. I look at every opportunity in life. Even the guys that work for me in my shop, I treat them like my kids, my wife, we call it, we call one of them El Nino, which means my son. That's my son, my boy. And, is, is it difficult? Is it, is it fun? No, there's not always fun parts. When you ask about you, that that's a great question because there's even other guys that I've, I've ministered to in that room in the same regard. I treat, I treat everyone the same. I, I want you to walk away from our relationship or from our conversation, feeling empowered and feeling powerful. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and a father's job isn't just to like my, my job as a father in, in your life at my role, if you will, isn't just to tell you right from wrong. It's to encourage you to do things differently than you've been used to doing. Them. Even if even if I let me give you let me give you this this piece. If I fail at being a father to you and I miss it as a father, I'm responsible to come back to you and go, man, I'm sorry I missed that there. Do you forgive me? And I've done that. For um, sure. Yeah. But there's also times where my, my other role is. When I know that you are capable of doing more, am I coming alongside you and going, Darren, I see this for you. I, I know you can't see it right now. I know that doesn't translate right now, but I'm telling you, this is what's on your horizon. And if you'll deal with this right now, it'll set you up for success later. How many times have we had that conversation? Too many. <laughs> and it's not like I'm trying to, I'm not no, trying to I know. you. It's good. I'm not trying I need to correct it. you. I'm trying to provoke you to see the greater inside of you. For sure. So, you asked the question about you personally. I saw you as soon as you walked in the door. However, I always wait for clues. There's always a clue will come. And in your case, it was actually, I think it was Yarnell that came up to me and said, you need to pour into him. And I had already actually started. And so that's actually what the key was to finish the conversation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you look for keys or for um, different things that you don't normally look for. If they come, then you actually take the step. Yeah. So, no, that's good. So like sticking with this, cause I want to talk about fathers now. And then I want to talk about sons. So like with the fathers, cause we're going to be talking to some guys right now that have probably felt in their heart that they're, they're supposed to be fathering someone, yeah. you know, they feel yeah. it. They know it. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to look for. And maybe their instinct is they go out and they try to father every single person. So with that, if you're, if you're a person that you feel called to be a father, what are you looking for from a son? What are you looking for from somebody that you're willing to invest that kind of effort and that kind of relationship in? From the son, what are you looking for? You just asked another great question. I Even know. If, let, let me. Just kidding. I'm, I'm going to use it. Is your, <laughs> is your head getting bigger? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to use baseball as an example just because it's easy right now. And, and maybe this will be easier to relate to. I'll, I love to use practical things. Yeah. When I coach boys baseball, I don't look for the most talented kids. I, that's easy. I can find the talented kids. I look for the kids that want to play, that actually love the game when they're on the field and they're coachable. If you're not coachable and you're a superstar, if you already know everything, what do I have to give you? Yeah, that's good. Um, and I, even as a, a coach, I still learn on a consistent basis. I'm constantly learning something different that I could do better to help a kid out. So in the same regard, I translate that into my natural 
stuff or even in my build stuff with my guys in my shop. I'm always looking for ways to help benefit them. Or what can I learn as a, as a business owner that will benefit them working for me? And I don't need a superstar. I want someone that is willing to learn and loves the game or that loves to build motors that I will want to employ. So I don't know. No, that's good. So I I don't, I don't always look for the guy that has the biggest gift. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm looking yeah. for the guy that has the passion to learn and the passion to want to walk with Jesus, because at the end of the day, he's the gift giver, not me. Yeah. Let him give the gifts away and let him decide how he wants them to process. For me, my job is just to come alongside you and go, man, I see this. I see this. I see this. And if you'll if if you would actually like pray this way or ask the Lord these questions, maybe you'll get a different result. A lot of times we're praying prayers that he's not interested in answering. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's that good. sounds real bad, but it's true. I mean, we sometimes we keep asking the same questions, and the reason he's not answering is because that's not the question we're asking the wrong question. Yeah, I, I, you know, we've had that conversation before. If if he's on if he's on uh, AM frequency, and you're always on FM, are you ever going to hear him? And you're always asking him, "Well, Lord, why aren't you dialing into you know channel 808?" He's like, "I'm not on AM. I'm on FM, silly. Get on yeah. 92.5, and you'll hear me." I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but that's good. hopefully that translates. So you and I have a relationship where it's a, a long distance relationship. We don't get to walk with each other every day, all day. We've broken bread. We've shared a home. We've done things together. But for the most part, our relationship is on the phone, communicating that way, right? Right. What advice do you have for those fathers? Because you, you gave off some examples of, of guys that you're working with, guys that you're experiencing in person, right? Face to face. What's the difference between that and the way that you handle me? <laughs> um, because that's that can be difficult sometimes, right? Like I would think that it's a little different to have this telephone relationship as opposed to, you know, father-son face-to-face kind of stuff. So that is a beautiful question too. And I'll, I'll give you this. Maybe this will – this should help settle kind of a lot of the issues if – if I have a relationship with you, Darren, and I get a check in my spirit about something, one of the things that a good father is going to be interested in is not just always encouraging you, but sometimes there comes correction. Yeah. And and it's not that's not an easy conversation. I, I never like those phone calls. Yeah. I, I don't like them for myself personally. And I've hung up on several of my spiritual fathers yeah, yeah. when I'm angry. Yep. And, and they'll they'll laugh at me and they'll tell me, well, call me back when you repented. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I end up with some colorful language and, you know, I, I'm still learning. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I look for to tell a father or someone that's looking to father someone or if they know they're supposed to is, are you, are you coachable? Are you fatherable yourself? Wow. Are you able to be a son yourself? And who are you in line with? Not saying that you need to be submitted. I hate that terminology. Um, but there, is, there does come a point where for you hear me talk about Brad McClendon all the time. I talk to Brad all the time, and I talk to John Wallace all the time. I talk to Ray Sturdivant all the time. Those are three men in my life that I talk to on a regular basis that are real fathers to me. The thing that I look for in a father is what is he looking to give away? How does he talk to his wife? How does he talk to his actual children? How does he treat his family? How does he treat his peers, and how do they view him? Does that make sense? It does, yeah, that's good. What is his rapport with those around him? Um, what's his history? Um, and then obviously, you this is an obvious, but a lot of people don't think about it. What's the Holy Spirit telling you? I mean, if the Holy Spirit's telling you, 
red light and you, you choose green light. Did you listen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds real funny, but it's practical. Yeah. People don't, they go, Oh, he's, you know, so-and-so is, is my, you, you said it best. Dan Moeller is my spiritual father. And I'm, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit's like, no. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's a great teacher for you, but he's not a father to you. A father would be in a relationship and wants to like come break bread with you. wants to come, yeah. you know, meet your kids, yes. wants to come hang out. Cause he's going to be a real father. Yeah. He's going to show up and, you know, do things that others won't do. He's actually going to break bread with you and talk with you on a regular basis. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably where my generation has gone wrong is there's this level of satisfaction, right? Like I'm good enough listening to Dan Moeller talk or I'm good enough listening to a podcast or watching a video of a Bethel service, you know, that's where I'm getting right. my, my fathering. And that's just, if we're honest, that's just really lazy, right? <laughs> that's just it, really it's lazy. Not, it's, it's a disservice to what Jesus actually paid for you to walk in. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 the, if the, the, the scripture says you have many teachers, but not many fathers, I mean, hello, that's the, the whole point of this thing is relationship. Relationship doesn't mean like you watch a pod. What kind of relationship do you have with a video? Right. Hello? Yeah. I mean, that's silly. If you don't actually talk with a person on a consistent basis, what relationship is it? It's not. It may be make-believe in your mind. It may sound good. It may oh, I, I sit under Bill Johnson or I sit under Chris Valentin. Well, when's the last time you actually went to dinner with him? When's the last time he sat down with you and your wife and worked through the issues of your marriage? Yeah. When's the last time he actually talked with you regarding your kids and their outbursts or how they're playing baseball or how they're, you know, playing basketball or your struggles with, you know, whatever, or when, it, when is he celebrated with you that your kid got a home run? Are you with me? Yeah, that's good. Cause that's what my spiritual dads do. They call me, Hey man, how's Caleb doing in baseball? Hey man, what are you guys doing for this? Hey, are you guys doing this? Hey, what, where are you guys going for this? Are you going to come here and be with me this weekend? Right. That, that's what a dad does. Yeah, that's good. So, so let's say I'm a son. I'm a, I'm a, I have a calling on my life. I've got a ministry. I'm looking to, you know, we've had our conversations about motive and ambition and how that's dangerous anyway. But how would you talk to someone? Let's say this is a person that just comes to you for just strictly advice and they're and they're asking you, "Do I really need to have a spiritual father in my life?" And they and they've got a platform, they've been given a platform. What kind of advice would you give that person? If they tell me they don't have one and they're not looking for one, then I'd say, "Okay, then like, who's, who are you in a relationship with? Yeah. Like, who's actually, who are you spending time with that's pouring into you that's 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 working through issues of life? Because you can't tell me you're out there on your own and have a ministry that's successful that isn't being targeted. I know better. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. They very well could be. But, I mean, you can look across the board at men and women who have been in ministry that didn't have any covering whatsoever, and they've ended in complete disaster. Yeah. And they've, they've been shipwrecked in their faith, and even those that are under them are shipwrecked. Um, and we can go down a whole laundry list of those. Everybody, you know, and I, I'm not going to name any names, but, yeah. I mean, there's televangelists down to, you know, the, the, everybody is, is under that scrutiny. Um, what's great about having a spiritual father and mother in your life is that they're there to walk you through those difficult times and and – and just be there just to walk alongside you, even if they don't say a word. Sometimes it's just knowing that you can make a phone call. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Like for me, uh, when my world falls apart or when I'm going through, you know, the dark night of the soul, which I've been through uh, a couple of times in my life, um, you know, luckily for, for us, when we fail a test, the Lord lets us go through it again. We don't, you know, we don't just get, get a no mulligan. He, he gives us an opportunity to correct. But when that happens, 
it feels like your life is falling apart. It does. Yeah. And if you don't have any good support system, if you don't have, I mean, just a group of friends is great, but you really, a, a father is what really is going to help bring the correction. Right. And, and love that so that you pass the test the next time and you don't fail it miserably and fall on your face and, and end up at shipwreck. That's good. Um, I, I'll use my own personal experience recently. Um, I've been dealing with a very difficult season in my life. Uh, and I called Brad two weeks ago and I was in, I mean, I was literally on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And when that happened, I said, Brad, I don't understand why this is happening. I mean, I I've never gone through so much failure in my whole life. I've been doing my job, my, my career, my, my business, my shop. I've had more failures in six months than I've had in six years combined. And I literally like almost lost my lunch. And he started laughing at me and he goes, he goes, he goes, yep, you're going through it. And I said, I don't understand. And he, he makes this comment. He goes, yep, the Lord's teaching you the long sufferings of Christ. Wow. And I said, I said, man, I'm failing miserably, miserably in this class. And he laughed again. He goes, <laughs> aren't you glad to let you take it again? Oh, wow. And I, I, and I laughed again. And I said, well, I don't know if I want to take this one again. He goes, well, then change your heart about it. <laughs> Good. And I was cussing and screaming and I was, I mean, you lose, I lost a large amount of money last month due to some failures that weren't my fault and I have to eat it. And it's a lot of money. And when, when, when people, when, you know, you put financial stress on top of everything else that's happening in your life and you got customers screaming at you and money's going out both, both sides of the fence and you're just standing there going, Lord, what is going on? And he's going, you asked for this. And he made this, the Lord made this comment to me. He goes, he goes, Lee, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yes. Yeah. And see, that's what we forget. We, we actually think that he's not in it with us. Yeah. And then Brad made another comment to me. He said, you know, you've learned, you know, the Lord in many, many areas. He said, but you haven't learned to see him in the long sufferings. And see, that, like that, that hits home for me because. Then another statement I made to you last week is I said, you know, if, if he's not, if he, if it's not good, then he's not finished yet. Remember I made that yep. comment to you? It's good. If, if he, if it's not good in your life, whatever area of your life, if it's not good yet, then he's not finished in that area yet. He's just not. Yeah. Cause he said he works all things together for our good. Yeah. And he actually in it. It's good. We just don't believe it. It's good. You know, and you're talking about long suffering. The, the, the fact of the matter is we all face that long suffering. Like that long suffering is coming, right? For every minister, for every son, for everybody who's walking in the kingdom, that's going to come. For those of us who may or may not have a spiritual father to point us and to help shape our perspective of that long suffering determines whether or not we keep going or not, right? I mean, like what you just said, like I feel like in my, in my years past, I faced a lot of things that you just talked about. I faced them. But I had nobody <laughs> directing me, nobody. directing my perspective on those things, you know? And so you just face it. And what do you do? You rack it up to, that's just the way it is. Or you rack it up to, I've got to suffer it. Now, it, there's a place for suffering. There's a place for long suffering. Much different. So I think you just, I think you just kind of hit on it too, the importance of another amazing reason to have a, a spiritual father in your life. Somebody who's going to, first of all, they've been through it, right? Right. Right. I mean, that's the difference is you looking for somebody who's actually been through it. Like I want to, I think one of the large reasons that I really respect you more and more, bro, is that as our relationship grows, I'm seeing you have spiritual fathers in your life. Like, I don't want to be, I think you hit on it earlier, but I don't want to be quote unquote led by someone who's not following someone, <laughs> you know? That's right. And that's, it, yeah. 
in, in the Navy, I used to tell my guys, I was a, I, I was a, a division leader, that kind of thing. And I used to tell people, I'm like, if you can't lead, you can't follow. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't like, if you can't follow someone else, you can't, you can't lead someone else. Just, if you don't know how to lead, you, you, you'll never learn how to, you, you've never learned how to lead if you've never learned how to follow. Yeah. Period. In. It just, it's, it doesn't translate. It's one of the reasons I, I cling to Brad and, and John. I call them with the thing and Ray, I call them with the issues in my life and how, okay. And I'll ask them, okay, Hey, you know, remember it says there's safety in a multitude of counsel. There's wisdom. In a, that's what it says. Yeah. It's not like some makeup verse or it's a real verse. It means something. Yeah. Um, and we don't know how to get real with some of the garbage that we go through. Instead we go, Oh, I, you know, I'll wing it. I'll just make it. I'll just hang on a white knuckle it or whatever the situation is that you're going through. You're, you try to do it by yourself and you wonder why you fall on your face and you keep going through the same trial, like get real with someone, get honest with someone and get honest with the Lord with someone about what you're going through. And instead of, you know, continuously making the same mistakes, like be willing to go, man, maybe I should try something different. Yeah. If you're in a hole, quit digging. That's a, one of my other favorite things I say. If you're in a hole, quit digging. It's yeah. not complicated. Yeah. I think one of the most profound things that you always say to me, and you probably say it two or three times a conversation, is ask me how I know. You're giving me advice. Yeah. You're telling me something. And you always follow it up with ask me how I know. And I know exactly what that means. Because I've been there. Or because yeah. I'm going through there. it right now. You know? And that means that carries a lot of weight, man. And this like teacher student culture that carries more weight than I think anything we're going to go against, you know, a, a teacher wants to instruct you. A father wants to make sure you don't have to go through it again. That's good. There you go. Is that That's good. I, I break, I break off pieces of my life. You hear me say that all the time. I'll break off a piece of my life. Look at Like if you can learn something from me, like don't go through that. You don't have to yeah. like, like, here, I've been through that. I got the T-shirt. I got the. I a song. I sang a song. I, you know, I wrote a verse. All that other nonsense. And I finally realized I didn't have to go through it anymore. And I don't want you to have to go through it either. Here, take a piece of my life. What run with it? Don't go through what I went through. So, well, bro, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know you're like a super, super. You're a wanted man. You're a wanted man. <laughs> yeah, my, my my guys are like sitting here chomping at the bit. They want me to come finish this truck. I want to have but, you. Uh, I want to have you pray out for me if you don't mind, man. Really pray yeah. for those fathers and son, like those those fatherless sons and those son sonless fathers that are out there yeah. right now. Remember um, Malachi. I love the verse of Malachi where it says it says you know that he'll turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Yes, he, that, that's a real verse and it means something. It's because family's important. I'm I'm going to give you one more thing. We've talked about this. I I I'll, I'll tell anybody. Remember the prodigal father. It wasn't just the prodigal son. It was the prodigal father. Yes. The father ran to the son and restored him before he ever got back to the house, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and a robe on his back and threw a party. And the son had just denied his own father, squandered his inheritance, left and was feeding pigs. First of all, what was a Jew doing feeding pigs? Yeah. Think about that. Second of all, like he was eating pig food, like literally. And, and he, he came to his senses. He, ran, he went back to his father's house and said, I'll go be a servant in my father's house. How many times do you and I make a mistake and we go, I'll just go be a servant. Yep. Right. And a father's looking to restore a son. He's a, a real father's always looking to restore a son. 
If that father in your life isn't looking to restore you when you mess up, I question his authenticity, wow. his his genuine his genuineness as a father to you. Um, I, I made some major mistakes about nine months ago. I, I came and and told all my spiritual fathers, and they all laughed at me, told me they loved me, and every one of them put me back up in the platform within a month. Every one of them, and they said, "We don't question anything. We want to know: Are you ready to minister?" Now that's a father. Yeah. And it, it actually did something in my heart that I hadn't realized I had neglected is that I didn't realize that a real father always looks to restore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's good. Okay. So let's pray. Yeah. Daddy, you're amazing and you love us and I'm your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank you that today that not only am I your favorite, but you're releasing that everyone that is in earshot of this prayer and even those beyond, they're your favorites too. And when they get in front of you, they get to hear how, how much they, that they're your favorite too. So daddy, today I'm asking that every spiritual father and every spiritual son, even mothers and daughters that are in broadcast within earshot of this podcast, broadcast and beyond, that they hear the call to come to be family. That daddy, that what's displayed in heaven isn't, um, we, we talk about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And on earth as it is in heaven, the kingdom of heaven is a, is a family put on display because it's a father and a son waiting for a bride that's revealed as the daughter or a daughter revealed as a bride. You you are constantly in the place of looking to display family. So I just declare that today that every person that hears this, that they begin to look for their family so that they become one with you. And we begin to walk this thing out and, and display the love of the father display your love in a real way that Jesus, you actually get what you paid for. I bless everyone that hears this and everyone that don't, that they become who you say they are and not a thing less. And if there's anyone in earshot that needs a father, that they learn and they listen and they actually get with someone that they can trust and that they love and they see the attributes of a father put on display. I bless them to, to hear your voice more greatly. Holy Spirit, come and wreck every heart. I mean, wreck their hearts deeply. In Jesus' name. I wreck in a good way, by the way. Amen. Aha, amen. Lee, I honor you, bro. As a father, thank you. You have poured in well to me. And I am very, very appreciative and thankful for everything that you have and continue to do in my life. You've always been there more You've been there more than I've wanted you to be there. <laughs> and uh, I guess that that is one of the benefits of having a mostly a phone relationship is I can screen that call. Right. Right. <laughs> Remember, though, just tilt your head. That's right. Tilt your head. <laughs> Get a new perspective, bro. I love you so much. Love you. Love you, too, man. I hope you have a good day. Call me whenever you need to. Okay? I will. Be blessed, man. See ya. All right. All right. Bye. That was my dude. Lee Adams, he has been such a father to me, uh, a spiritual father that I never had. I never even understood really what spiritual fathering looked like. And the Lord sent him to me and we've had an amazing relationship ever since. But he is the epitome of a spiritual father. And I'm very, I'm so thankful for him and hope you guys were blessed, man. I believe the Lord is calling forth the fathers to this generation and he's calling forth the sons that are called to great and mighty things that need to have a father in their life. And so there's going to be a beautiful 
marriage between the two. Like the Lord's going to bring the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. And we're going to see it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. Check us out on Facebook at KB Podcast. And don't forget to visit kingdombringer.com. Check out the blog and easy access to the podcast right there. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And you can send us your questions and your comments to the kingdombringers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for all the support. Until next time, be blessed. Be blessed.